So today's gospel is uh, a wonderful account of a healing that Jesus worked. But as always, the, the, the detail tells us uh, so much more than it may seem. So for blind men, for blind, for blind people, uh, in the time of Jesus, there was no social welfare system as there is now. You know, when you walk around a modern city, they have those kind of rumble uh, areas along the footpath so a blind person with their stick can, can find out where they are. You know what I mean? So they can, they can work, walk along a footpath. When they get to the zebra crossings, there are certain sounds when, when it's green to go. You know, the, the world has, has kind of caught up and done things to, to help uh, those visually impaired to, to navigate their way around the city. Okay, back in the day, back in Jesus' day, there was nothing like that. There were no, there was no assistance, nothing, nothing special uh, done for for people uh, who have ha- who had any sort of a disability. So, like the sick, like the lame, like anybody who was ill and couldn't and couldn't take care of themselves, they begged. That was it. You were entirely reliant on the goodness of other people. But there are certain maybe chapters of your life where things might go a little sideways and you end up in, in a, a bit of a financial rough time financially rough time and you're able to, to beg and that, that, that time will pass eventually and you'll get back on your feet and away you go with blindness that's never going to happen you will never be healed you will never get your sight back this is it for life you will never see the people around you and whatever else is happening you're never going you, you, you can listen and you can maybe you're, you're more aware of your sense of smell and taste and things but you will still never see anything ever again it was a life sentence right so the people then who were blind or as with any other uh, ailment who were begging uh, it was tough it was hard on them and then you like just like maybe like in our own day if it's a blind man begging you could be walking along and you throw in two euro and you, you see a fiver and you go <laughs> like i'm sure it happened i'm sure it happened people put in a little coin and see there's a, bit, there's a bigger coin there than I just put in sure look sure he's fine sure, there's, like, there's, there's at least six euro in there sure if I take a five or you, I'm, I'm just saying like it wasn't it wasn't easy for them okay so the blind man asks what's happening and they say Jesus the Nazarene is coming something stirs in the blind man's heart and maybe for the first time in a long time he seems to have hope and he seems to have a real conviction that this Jesus guy, who he doesn't know and has never seen, can actually do something for him. And so he calls out to God. He calls out, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. How does he even think? How does he even know to call him son of David? That, that's a, David was a king, son of David, that, that's, that's a royal title. How did he even know? To, I have no idea how he knew how to do that how he even thought of it. But somehow, the, 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 the blinding of one sense or the, 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 the absence of one sense seemed to make him more attuned in his other senses. And so he seems to know who this Jesus guy is. Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. And the people in front scolded him and told him to keep quiet. This man who had no hope, this man who would never be healed, this man who was spending every single day begging Right? And is reaching out just for a little help. Is told by those around him, be quiet. You're an annoyance. He's more important things to do. You don't matter. And Jesus cuts 
through all of that. So all, all of this distraction, all, all of these, these, these voices telling him, you don't matter. Don't ask God for help. Or don't ask Jesus for help. Don't ask this man. Don't bother him. Don't ask him for, don't, don't get in his way. I'm sure he's got important things and important people to see. Not you. You don't count. So he shouts all the louder. He shouts all the louder. So people are telling him to be quiet and to, not to bother him. Not to bother Jesus. And so he calls all the louder. See, again, there's something, why, why, how does he know not to give up? He's pushed away by the people and he calls all the louder. Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. And Jesus stopped and ordered them. To order them. So he tells now the people who are getting in this man's way, sorry, bring him over to me. So now they become almost the instruments through whom, he's, through whom this man is going to be healed. So they bring the man to him. And what does Jesus say to him? If a man is brought, if anybody is brought to you blind, even these days, you can see that they're blind because they can't look you in the eye because they don't know exactly where your eyes are. So when you're talking to a blind person, they're looking in the direction of your face, but they can't make eye contact. They can't make eye contact. So it's plain obvious that the man is blind. Maybe he would have had a stick as well. So he comes over to Jesus and, and he's, he's looking more or less at him and Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? It was obvious the man was blind. But Jesus shows him such dignity in saying, I'm not going to presume, even though he's God, I'm not going to presume to know your needs. What are your needs? What do you need? What do you want? How can I help you? And the man says, Lord, that I may see. And just when you think of a gospel like this, um, this is so much more than just healing a sen- one of the senses of, uh, of the body. These stories are recounted not just to show that Jesus worked miracles, but these are relevant to you and I 2,000 years later. So if we think about blindness, I think blindness is still probably far more common in us than we realize because I can be blind I can be blind to myself as in so I, I can be blind to my own pride you know I can maybe not recognize my own pride I can be blind to my own addictions I can be blind to my own anger I can be blind to my own mistakes I can be blind to how I have hurt people I can be blind to it all what a, what a that, that's potentially worse than physical blindness then I can be blind to others. I can be blind to myself. I can be blind to others. I can be blind to other people's needs. People who need consolation or love or affirmation. People who need to be told, well done. People who need to be told, I'm proud of you. People who need to be told, you're loved. People who need to be told, you're good enough. People who need to be told, you know, through our actions, I see you. And I know you and I care. People who need to be protected. People who need to be helped, served in any way. Maybe I could be actually blind to those needs. Or there's also a chance that I can see those needs but just choose not to act on them. I see the need. I just don't care enough to do anything about it. And then I can be blind towards God that I don't recognize his footprints in my life. 
that so often maybe God has helped me, has, has intervened, has carried me through something, has given me exactly what I needed in a way that I could never have predicted. And maybe in a way that I didn't even pray for because I didn't know it was even possible. And the Lord provides. And I'm blind to it because I'm so focused maybe on the next problem or on myself or on what I don't have or on my past. And so I'm so focused on everything else. I, I, I don't recognize, I don't see God in my life. I don't see his handprints, his fingerprints, his footprints. Blindness. It's not gone. So what do we do? Well, we, we learn from, from this blind man here on the way, on the road to Jericho. Call out to Jesus. And I think it's so helpful. It's something I, I don't do half enough myself, I must confess. But in, in, our, in, in my prayer, in our prayer, to actually call out to God. Not just kind of, ah, we have a bit of prayer time. Ah, sure, hail Mary, full of grace. And you're kind of, you know, you're kind of half praying. And then the, the prayers are getting said. It's very, very different. Very, very different when your heart cries out to God. It's very, very different when you're just so focused on however you envisage the Lord, however you imagine him, you know, maybe on the cross or, or preaching or teaching or maybe just sitting on a park bench together, whatever it is, and you're calling out to him. That's a very, very different level of prayer where your heart cries out to God. And similarly, if, when, when we try this, when we try to do this, there will be other voices, other tempters to say, your voice doesn't matter. Your prayer isn't good enough. Don't bother him. Or what you're praying for isn't necessary or significant or... Just stop. He won't hear you. Those kind of people, those kind of voices are still there. So what does the man do? What does he do? He calls all the louder. So what do we do? What do I do? Like in those moments when, when things just feel bleak, like they are outside right now, do I call all the louder? Or are they moments when I retreat into myself and listen to those voices saying, don't bother the master, don't bother him. It's not really that important. Just, it's okay, just move on. Which voices do I listen to? Do I listen to the Holy Spirit calling me, telling me, trust him? call out all the louder or do I listen to the voices telling me not to bother and then Jesus says to me to you what do you want me to do what do you want surprisingly we might not actually know maybe you don't know what you want maybe what you want is it's, 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 it's not very specific. Like, like, I mean, I think all of us want happiness. All of us want peace. All of us want purpose. Maybe more specifically than maybe some people are praying for a future husband or wife or children or, or reconciliation in their family or... Who knows? Maybe you don't know. Maybe you don't know what, what your prayer is yet. And that's a beautiful thing to actually ask. Or to maybe it's a beautiful question to actually hear. The Lord saying to you, Eddie, what can I do for you? 
Oh, Kieran, what can I do for you? What do you want? And it's, it's wonderful, as I said, in our prayer time to actually to, to meditate those things. Lord, I mean, what, what is best for me at the moment? What should I be praying for? What's my, what is my greatest need? And we ask him. This blind man knows what his need is at the moment, at that time. Sir, he replied, let me see again. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight. So Jesus opens his eyes. And my prayer for, for, for me, for, for us tonight, is that the Lord opens our eyes. That he'll open my eyes to, to recognize what I, what, where I need to change. That, he'll rec- that, open my, that he will open my eyes, that I can recognize the needs of others and respond to those needs. Not just, not just see them, but respond to them. That he'll open my eyes to recognize him in my life on the numerous, the, the, the many, many, many occasions where he has intervened, where he has answered my prayers, where he has carried me. I pray that we will hear those words, what do you want me to, to do for you? And that we will know, Lord, I need you in this aspect of my life and I need you now. And that we will learn to call out, to cry out over all the distracting voices, to call out to our God. And how does our, our gospel passage end? His sight instantly returned. And he followed him, praising God. And all the people who saw it gave praise to God for what had happened. So that the, the, the consequence of all of this, our being healed of blindness, our listening to the Lord's question of what, what, how, what we need, what, what can he do for us? We experience that miracle. And the result of it then is praise, praise, joy. So out of this cross comes triumph. It doesn't end in death. It ends in glory. It ends in healing. It ends in unity. It ends in this man not only now seeing the Lord, but but knowing him and following him. So the man's blindness, his what he thought was his greatest weakness, ends up serving God. And so you and I, we have... We have our weaknesses and we have our, our low moments and we have our, our all of us have our, our, our trials. But these can serve God if in them, if in the darkness of those moments, I call out to the Lord. So we ask the Lord tonight to teach us to pray to him and to call out Jesus, son of David, have pity on me.